Welcome, everyone, to Dark Loops Productions' What You Love, a podcast in which I ask people three questions. What you love, how'd you find it, and how do you keep it in your daily life? I'm Dr. Scott Jordan, a.k.a. Zombie Scotty, cognitive psychologist, philosopher at Illinois State University. And today, I have the great pleasure of interviewing the one, the only, Justine Mastin, LMFT. Justine, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. No, excellent. And please tell the audience a little something about who you are and what you do. Please make sure you explain the LMFT. Yep. Um, So I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, which is actually kind of a misnomer. Um, People think that we're we're all squishy, um, you know, just uh, loving on children and families, which we do. But what LMFTs really are, are systemic and relational therapists. So we see the world in terms of relationships and systems. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, that's the family that you grew up in, but it's also the family that you chose. It's the community that you live in. It's the society that we all live in. It's the galaxy in which we inhabit. Um, So there's a inherent social justice component um, Mm. that people don't think about when they hear LMFT. They're like, oh, you're one of the squishy ones. I'm like, "Mm, I'm not one of the squishy ones. Um, I have a private practice based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota um, called Blue Box Counseling, which is a a wink and a nod uh, for the nerds. I predominantly (laughs) serve folks who consider themselves outside the mainstream. So Mm -hmm. geeks, nerds, punks, LGBTQIA folks, folks who came out of cultic environments, basically anyone who's felt unwelcome in a traditional Mm. wellness environment has a place in the blue box. And then I do a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, we'll talk about that for a second. Go ahead. (laughs) Yep. Um, So I am also a podcaster. I have two podcasts, um, Starship Therapies and Dark Side of the Mat. Mm. Uh, Dark Side of the Mat, we look at the darker side of the wellness industry. Mm. And Starship Therapies is also a book. The book and the podcast I both do with my platonic life partner, Larissa Agarski, um, and we're both marriage and family therapists and big nerds. And we talk Mm -hmm. about how this whole nerd thing can help you in your daily life. I love the way you you always speak and think and be in terms of systems. I mm-hmm. um, I do this more from a psych, uh, experimental psychological philosophical space, but it's mm-hmm. the same thing. Is instead of instead of the cultural narrative we sort of live in, which is you are you and that's your boundary, um, mm-hmm. and your job is to be that. Um, understanding that we're very porous, very open, mm-hmm. and um, all kinds of opportunities await us um, if we're open to them. Mm-hmm. So um, I love that idea. So again, welcome to the show. Justine, mm-hmm. what you love? Uh, this is not going to surprise you, Scott, <laughs> but friends at home, um, you just heard the name of my first book. Uh, I love fan fiction. Mm-hmm. But that means a lot more than most people think. Mm-hmm. So I, when I started thinking about this question, when you invited me on, I was like, what do I love? I love mm. so many things. Yes. I, you know, uh, but I love the question because mm. the question is about not what do you do for work, but what do you do for life? Mm-hmm. And if you're lucky enough like us, you get yes. to, you know, have... Yes. 
a little bit of both in each area. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I love is rewriting stories, questioning mm-hmm. the narratives we have been given mm. and using whatever powers we have to rewrite them. So that could be a fangirl sitting in her bedroom, you know, right. placing herself as a Mary Sue into Supernatural. Or yes. it could be us looking around at the systems in which we inhabit and asking the question, where do I fit? Do yes. I, am I written in this story of society? Mm. And if not, how do I start to, in the ways I am able, rewrite those stories mm. so that I put myself in there? I love it. You know, um, just because quite often, if we pay attention to the space we're in, we find ourselves being treated as someone or something else's audience, mm-hmm. right? And uh, adult interaction requires reciprocal audienceship, right? I'm an audience for you, you're going to audience for me, and that feels authentic. And if he's real, you can tell when people are faking. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great that this idea of teaching people to be aware, you know, if we go back to Shakespeare, all the world's a stage, it's absolutely the case, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's, I just find it beautifully ugly curse of the human system that we create these thoughts that we have to have are like bubbles, we don't feel the system that's part of how they're being created. They're just right. there. And we walk along them like stones across a brook, never thinking what we, how much we played a role in them coming to be and how much the world forged them out of ourselves. So, <laughs> Justine, how did you find yes. that love? I don't know. <laughs> right. I don't know. The short answer is I, I didn't set out to write fan fiction. Mm-hmm. I realized that I was helping my clients write their own. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm predominantly a narrative therapist and I, I mm-hmm. watch your video with uh, Leandra Paris and I, <laughs> we're both narrative therapists. How fun. Kindred spirits um, for sure. <laughs> yep. Uh, but a whole big piece of narrative therapy is this idea of storying and restoring and reauthoring. Mm. And mm. while that resonated with me, of course, I worked with all these nerds and I was like, you know, I don't think I want to use White and Epstein's language anymore. Those are the mm. dudes who came up with narrative therapy. Yeah. Like, what we're doing is writing fanfic. Yes. We are writing real life fanfic. Yep. Um, and I was like, huh, wow. So we could look at any aspect of life as a story yep. and start to question it. Yes. So, you know, social constructionism is a huge, but that's what I wrote down first when I was like, what do I love? I love social constructionism. And I was like, you don't love social constructionism. You love deconstructing social constructionism. Absolutely. No, that's absolutely the case. And I love this idea of just be, ha, gaining the skill to mm-hmm. to look at every aspect of life. It, it, a lot I like to say is existing at the crossroads of choice and chance, mm-hmm. right? It's just always there and always there. 
And the curse of the brain is that it makes us feel like we know what we're doing and it's Mm -hmm. not chance or it's not this, it's just how it is. And I suspect in therapy, that's one of the things you really have to work with people on is this feeling that this is just the way it is. And therefore, if you live that way long enough, that's the way it's supposed to be. Right. And I, I do think that I have some great privilege in questioning social constructs Mm-hmm. Um, because yes. of my family, um, and they were they were weirdos. Mm. They were high status weirdos. Now I get it. And I was like, "Huh." I and I I didn't know what was normal until I was older, and you know, going to people's yeah. homes and watching them sit down to eat family dinner and all of that stuff, and like. Yes, I missed out on some things. Right. Um, that's my work. I deal with that. Yes, but exactly. I was brought up in this kind of countercultural environment. Yes. And I, so I was already given this invitation yeah. to question. That's what, fantastic. Right. And if what I get called me? a high class weirdo by my kids someday, I'm, that will be proof in the pudding that I was successful. <laughs> But, you know, your parents probably created, I'm assuming I'm using the word parents or caregivers, mm-hmm. uh, probably created a space where just being in that space was an act of questioning. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't have to be forced in your face. So, therefore, you could laugh in that space. You could cry in that space. Mm-hmm. So, how do you keep this love in your daily life? Play. Yep. Yeah. I, I see this as, like, the... This is something that is inextricably linked Mm -hmm. because we are told in our society that it is not okay to play, Mm. except when you are a certain age. Yeah, I get you. Right. And you play in a certain way and then you you age up to another age and then you play in a certain way. And Mm -hmm. kind of what I consider to be my greatest act of rebellion (laughs) is that I give myself permission to play. And I'm it. unapologetic about it. Yep. And I invite other people into it. You know, I um I teach at a couple of universities and my students say I'm so much fun. I'm not any easier than any of the other professors they have. In fact, exactly. I might be harder. <laughs> right. No, I Because I that. expect more authenticity. Yes. Like if we're you gonna play, you gotta be real. Right. Well, because <laughs> exactly. play isn't always no fun, but it is always creative and it yes. is always, you know, yeah. chaos magic. What I like about what you said, really like about what you've said about play is we go through these different points in our lives. And it's interesting how many people get to a certain part of their life where they're the same person, you know, day to day, and they don't feel that as playing. Mm-hmm. Right. They feel that is that's just the way it is. It's just part of their it's just their clothes now, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh I've seen young people say, Oh man, I, I don't want to have to play the game as if somehow everyday life isn't, you know, playing. Mm-hmm. And um when we're at cons and we're wearing these cosplay outfits and we're maybe even acting the character out in front of young people. Um, it's doing the same thing that you mentioned your caregiver is doing for you. And, you know, as a professor at my entire career, I've tried to make it clear, I'm going to teach for those people who have wonder and don't know what it means. 
yeah. and they're going to see a guy mm-hmm. who will show them ghost in the shell animate during a college class mm-hmm. and have them recognize, wow, you, there are people that do that even at that age. I think keeping that alive is so incredibly important for culture. I won't stand on a pedestal in the town square at the moment. But it means everything to the world that people do these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Justine, it's always such a pleasure to chat with you. It's always such a pleasure to be on stage with you. You're mm-hmm. such a giving participant. I always feel like I'm doing really good improv when we're on the stage together. Yes, I love improv. Take. It's fantastic. <laughs> so um, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media? Yeah. So you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Mind Body Fandom because I take a holistic approach to healing mind, body, and fandom. You can also check out my website, justinemaston.com. And you can find either of my books, both of my books, Starship Therapies and The Grieving Therapist, wherever books are sold. That's fantastic. Justine, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you. So great to see you, Scott. Yeah, we'll see you when we see you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye.